Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Soul. So today is the last day of the first year of my podcast, and I want to tell all of you how much I appreciate the support you've given me during the year for tuning in every week and listening and giving me your feedback and giving me the motivation to keep producing this which I will start doing next week in my second year of podcasting. So hard to believe that I've finished the first year already. It's gone by in a blur. So today I want to turn your attention to using single goals, how to use a single goal, and I'm going to define what that means as an antidote for what's wrong in your life. So I was thinking about this ever since I did the Glow Goal Setting Podcast, and I did some seminars on that and some presentations out here on that, and it was so well received. And it made me think about how, in that case, it was all about creating that feeling of glowing inside as we set the goal. And it made me really think back about how I've used that concept of a feeling-related goal, having a single feeling-related goal to such good effect in my own life. I think this idea of having a single goal is really important because it's a really incredibly effective alternative to having multiple goals. So I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of us at the beginning of the year, we set a lot of ambitious goals and they kind of make us feel energized and it sounds so good but it's kind of like going on a dating site when you have a lot of goals your mind just flits from picture to picture this guy's the best oh i want to concentrate on this guy like this guy seems good it's kind of like that with goals we our minds flit from goal to goal like we start working on one and then we flip to another one and it's hard to be really really focused i think what our brains do is we start saying like i'm working on one goal and i should be doing this other thing i should be doing that other thing and i'm not really focused i'm not really accomplishing as i might as much as i could with any one goal and i think it's just kind of too much for many of our nervous systems so imagine that you're an athlete And you decide you want to be the best in five different sports. You're going to be a tennis player and you're going to play pro hockey and you're going to be on a basketball team and a baseball team and a competitive swimmer, right? Just being kind of ridiculous. But imagine that you had all of those goals and you're trying to be the best in all of those five sports. And it would be so hard to keep track of all the things you need to be doing in each sport to be better. 
Instead, imagine you've decided to concentrate on one thing. Let's say you want to be a pro golfer. So then you just focus on developing your swing, fine tuning your swing until it's perfect, adjusting it as you go learning. And that hyper focus on that thing helps you achieve excellence in that one thing. So that's one reason I really love single, the single goal concept. I'm going to get into my own examples of how I've used this myself. I've got two examples. One is the goal that I've got this year, 2022, of belonging everywhere I go. And the goal I had last year in 2021 is I will find joy in everything I do. So when we are trying to devise a single goal that would work for us, I think it's always best to define it in terms of a feeling. And why do I say that? That's because our emotions are fuel. So imagine that we're on a bus, we're driving to our destination, and you, our emotions are like the gas in the bus. And our thoughts are like the passengers along for the ride. And our thoughts along for the ride are what, what create uh, the emotion that we carry with us. So the good thing about choosing a feeling that you create is you can layer that feeling over pretty much all of your activities. And this will fill you with practice on creating that feeling, get you really good at it. Just like the golfer I talked about earlier, getting that swing perfect. You can really, really learn how to develop this desired feeling. And as you practice all the different ways of developing that feeling, you will in turn counter pattern thoughts and rewire your brain. And I'm gonna delve into that a little bit more in a minute. Another thing that's really great is it's just so simple. That helps you with the focus I talked about earlier. Instead of having your mind cluttered with all the different goals and flitting from one thing to another, like a dating website, you just concentrate on one thing and you can always remember your goals. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations where you set so many goals a month or two in, you just can't even remember what they are. Obviously not very effective. A feeling based goal affects absolutely everything. And so it has the broadest impact. And it also brings you back to your sovereignty, to your creative capacity to solve your own problems. So I'm going to help you understand the concept by talking about how I've used um, this approach to my own goal setting. So last year, I noticed before the beginning of the year that I was doing all the things I thought I should be doing to create a joyful life. I was painting and I was working with clients that I loved. But still, I was feeling pretty flat. I was feeling like my, my, my life had purpose and meaning, and it felt important. But there was kind of this almost joylessness to it. It wouldn't like not unhappiness, just, just this feeling of not quite joy, this feeling of just being a little bit dull around the edges. And so I decided last year that my goal would be to, I will find joy in everything I do. And 
that was a really simple way for me of discovering more, more joy because every day before I started any new activity, I would ask myself, how can I make this joyful? Now, there were a couple of things I really, really didn't like and had really gotten me down quite a bit. The first was technology. I was used to being partner in a firm and just like snapping my fingers and somebody would just come up and fix things. And, you know, it's been seven years ago that I left my firm. Well, actually, it's been eight years almost. Anyway, it's been quite a while since I left my firm and I could snap my fingers, but nobody was responding. Well, my kids did for a little while and then they pretty quickly said, Mom, you got to figure this out yourself. And I used to find that dealing with technology brought me a lot of joylessness and I would get mired in the frustration of trying to figure it out and it would really creep into the rest of my day. But when I started to ask myself, how can I feel joyful with tech technology issues? I did discover that I could find a little bit of joy in just learning how to solve things myself. I could feel really proud and feel joy in that pride of figuring stuff out and making myself feel less help helpless. Uh, another example in the technology area was I would, I had a computer that kept breaking down for a variety of reasons. And I had a care package with that. And I would be on the phone for hours with technical people trying to sort it out. And I used to get really anxious. And again, that would detract from my joy. But when I asked myself, well, how can I be joyful here? It was like, well, how can I make this conversation really pleasant? How can I react in a really constructive way to the tech, to the tech person so they're surprised and delighted by how patient I am? How can I learn my own patience. And I found joy in all of those little personal victories like that. It was the same thing. Um, another area of my life was kind of bookkeeping and just not doing it and putting it off and not doing my numbers. And, you know, again, it was the same thing. How can I find joy in doing that? And I found joy in the accomplishment. I found joy in just not putting it off. And then of course, in the more fun things, how can I make my morning workout routine a little bit more fun. And I decided that I was going to add a 10 minute kind of dance piece and play some really fun music. And so I did that. And, you know, I liked it so much that sometimes at noon, if I was feeling a little flat, I would put on the dance music again and just basically finding things that made me feel joyful. And eventually over time, I realized that I'd gotten my brain into a pattern of finding ways to feel stressed and anxious and that was detracting from my joy and when i found different ways of thinking about it to find the joy my brain got into the habit of finding joy in everything i did and pretty soon it became a practice and i would say i did find a lot of joy in 2021 and i still do so to give you a second example so this year i thought well what is the one feeling i would really like to create for myself that's uh, been a bit of a hurdle or roadblock for me. And it's just because I do so much self-coaching and I work with my peer coaches, my own coach, I realized that 
I have this pattern thought that I don't belong. It's just been my go-to reaction ever since I was a little kid. Doesn't tell me how many friends, it doesn't matter how many friends I have, how many times they tell me they love me. Doesn't matter how many times I go to a cocktail party and end up being able to work the room or I join a new group and make some new friends. I always have this pattern of every time I'm in a new thing, feeling like I don't belong and on negative days, just telling myself I don't belong anywhere. It's just, it's not real. It's just what my brain has been telling me and it feels very real. So I decided that my goal for 2022 is to decide that I belong everywhere I go. And it's really cool because just that simple goal is a reminder because my brain so often goes to, I don't belong. And then I remember my goal is to decide I belong everywhere I go and I go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What am I telling myself that's not true right now? And how is it true that I do belong? And how is it true that I have the capacity to create that belonging for myself? And so I've now been working that for I don't know, what is it? Six, seven, eight weeks of the year so far. And I already feel quite a change in my sense of belonging and my belief in my capacity to belong. And I think by the end of this year, that's going to be quite life changing. And it will be something, if you think about it, that will filter into everything I do. So when you step back and think about your goals, they're always there to try to help you feel in a particular way. So if you set a goal, say, I want to make a million dollars this year, it's because you want to feel abundant or you want to feel free or whatever it is you're trying to feel. So it's really the feeling that you're trying to create from achieving that goal. So having a, a feeling related goal is a direct route to your desirable feelings and you taking a proactive role in creating them. So Savvy Souls, I thought what would be really useful is for me to go through how you can use this concept of single goal setting as an antidote to some of the co common problems I hear from you all as having. So I'm going to go through, I think I've got about five of them that will go through different um, issues, how you might be feeling a particular way that's not serving you, what your desirable feeling would be, what the goal that would relate to that feeling would be, and then some thoughts you could use to create that. And there's probably a hundred thoughts you could use to create any of these. So I'm just giving you some ideas here. So the first thought I hear so often is, or the first undesirable feeling I hear about so often is the feeling of stuck. So so often I hear from my clients and from all of you, I'm stuck here, I'm stuck in this job, I'm stuck in this career, I'm stuck in this industry, I'm just stuck in the nine to five, I'm stuck until I retire, I'm stuck until I get enough money, I'm stuck, you know, because of COVID, I'm stuck because of my family obligations, like all of these things that you think are making you stuck. Then I thought, okay, what's the opposite feeling? So if you're one of the big problems you want to solve this year in your single goal, the problem that you want to solve is this feeling of stuck. What goal 
and feeling would help you solve that. So I think the opposite to feeling stuck is creative. So if you're creative, right, you're finding solutions to things, you're, you're seeing that you're not stuck in anything, that there's always a creative solution. So your, your antidote goal might be, whenever I feel stuck, I will find at least one creative solution. Okay, so what are some antidote thoughts that might be helpful in thinking about that goal? Here are some of them. I'm a creative being in everything I do. There's always a creative solution and I just need to find it. What's the way I could approach this creatively? How can I think outside the box here? What are all the ways it's not true I'm stuck? So these kind of kinds of thoughts will have you focus more creatively and help you see and learn over the course of the year that you're not stuck. So a second example of an issue that you might have is often thinking that you don't know what to do and feeling confused and uncertain. And what would you like to feel instead of confused and uncertain? Perhaps it's, I'd like to feel decided. So the antidote goal could be, whenever I feel uncertain, I will practice making decisions. And some thoughts that would support that are, every decision I make helps me learn something helpful. Or, there are no wrong decisions. Or, the only bad decision I could make is not deciding something now. Or, I feel uncomfortable deciding and I'm going to decide anyway. Or, this is how I will learn the skill of making decisions. Okay, a third common problem is feeling overwhelmed or pressured. You're thinking thoughts like, I've got way too much to do. I need to get this right. I need to work hard to achieve what I want. It's all these thoughts around efforting and striving and trying to work really hard to get what you want that lead you to feeling overwhelmed and pressured. And so what would be an opposite feeling you might want to be the focus of your antidote goal? And I would suggest ease. So your antidote goal could be, I will create more ease in my life. So some antidote thoughts that would help you create that goal are things like, I can break this down into simple steps. Or putting my nose to the grindstone never helps me produce my best results. Or I can make this easy. Or asking myself, what's the easiest way I could tackle this? or noticing my best solutions emerge from the time when I'm taking it easy and having fun. So, so many more thoughts that could be helpful there as there are in each of those cases, but just throwing out a few for you. Okay, a fourth area where a lot of you struggle is feeling unworthy. And that is associated with thoughts like, I just don't wanna to be too much. I don't want them to think I'm too big for my britches. 
I don't want to be selfish. I'm not good enough. I need to be better here. So what would be the opposite feeling to unworthy? I think it's deserving. And an antidote goal could be, I will learn to value myself more or something like I will practice valuing myself more. And some supporting thoughts for that are, hey, I'm a human and all humans are inherently worthy. There were no little babies there in the nursery who were inherently unworthy. So I'm inherently worthy too. Or there's nothing I need to accomplish today to make myself worthy. Or what I want matters and I'm prepared to listen to my yearnings and my desires now. They matter. They mean something. Or today I'll make decisions as if I'm already worthy. Or just simply, I give myself permission to believe in my own worthiness and to be okay as I learned to believe in it. So finally, the fourth uh, common problem that a lot of you talk about with me is this feeling of, I don't feel confident, I feel unconfident, I feel incapable. And that comes from thoughts like, I'm an imposter. I feel like a fraud. I don't know enough. If they only knew, they're all better than me. Or they'll think, you know, XYZ about me. And what is the opposite feeling to incapable or unconfident? It's confident. So, a, a, there's so many confidence producing goals you could pick. Uh, the one that came up for me as a suggestion is I will develop my confidence by doing uncomfortable things and learning as I go. Because if you think about it, that's how you learn to be confident is just practice, showing up, learning, actually becoming more competent and feeling confident about it, getting good results, noticing it, and just noticing how you show up. So some antidote thoughts that would support that antidote goal of developing confidence by doing uncomfortable things could be thoughts like, I'm willing to do uncomfortable things, or there is no perfect, I'm always learning, or simply confidence, something I create with my thoughts. It doesn't come externally, it comes from me and how I think about myself. Or I'm confident in my capacity to learn and to grow. So Savvy Souls, you could probably take anything that you're struggling with, um, any common feeling that you're having that you don't like that comes from pattern thinking, and you could create a feeling goal related to that. I would strongly suggest that you do it one feeling at a time. Like I talked about earlier, when you have multiple goals, your brain gets unfocused and then you're having to choose. But if you just have one goal, like for me, my goal is to feel that sense of belonging. I can let that overlay everything I do. I can let it be kind of like the guiding torch that moves me forward. And you can do the same with whatever is bothering you. So Savvy Souls, I hope you found that helpful and you will try practicing that this week. I hope you will identify 
some feeling that you'd like to change and identify a desirable feeling and then pick an antidote goal that supports the creation of that feeling and then write down some thoughts that you can believe in that you won't struggle believing that will help you move towards that feeling you're trying to create and then go out there practice it all day everything you do and watch how quickly your brain gets rewired Love you guys. If you found the episode today helpful, please share it with a friend who might benefit from it too. I would really love to help as many people as possible by hearing this podcast. See you next time in the second year of this podcast. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>